Lord. Amen. We're going to get into the word of the Lord this morning. <clears throat> and I want to welcome everybody to New Life United Pentecostal Church this morning. I pray that you've been blessed by the worship. Amen. The presence of the Lord is in this place this morning. Amen. Amen. And let me tell you, God's, God's not done yet. Amen. Amen. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. Amen. And so God has come to do a work here this morning. Amen. Not just in the midst of our music and in the midst of our worship, but God has come to do a work in the midst of the word this morning. Amen. How many would have God speak to them here today? Amen. Amen. And he will if we will give him our heart in our ears this morning. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to have you turn to the book of John, and I would also ask that you mute your phones this morning so that we don't have any interruptions in the service, please. The 14th chapter of the book of John you don't have your Bibles with you, and you should always bring your Bibles to church, they will be on the screen. Amen. We're going to be reading out of the 14th chapter of the book of John, starting at verse 1. This was Jesus talking, and he said this. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Amen. How many would confess this morning that my heart has been troubled a lot in the past year. Amen. We can be honest with God. I just preached on that last week. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would, uh, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest. He said, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Amen. I want to go back to verse 2, and, and I'm just going to focus on that verse before I give you the title this morning. In verse 2 of chapter 14, Jesus said this. He said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Everybody say, many mansions, many mansions, amen. I want to preach to you uh, on this topic this morning, and I pray that God will speak to us today. And I want to talk to you this morning on this topic, the empty mansions of heaven. Let's say that together. The empty mansions of heaven. And everybody said amen. Amen. In the previous chapter to the one that I opened with this morning, we find Jesus explaining to his disciples. He said that there's going to be an hour that's going to come that Jesus himself would be betrayed and that he would be taken away. He goes on to tell them, he says, where I'm going to go, that they couldn't follow him right now. He says, but there's going to be an opportunity for you to meet me there later. And the Bible says in the last hours that he had with his disciples, the Bible says that he ate with him, what we commonly refer to as the Last Supper says that he ate with them, and after dinner the Lord humbled himself, he 
girded up his loins and he bowed himself before his disciples, the Bible says, to wash the feet of those men that were there with him that morning. During that meal, the Bible says that Satan had entered into Judas Iscariot to betray Jesus. And knowing the time, the Bible says that Jesus looked at Judas and he told him, he said, what you must do, he said, go and do quickly. And that's where we picked up in our opening text this morning as Jesus begins to comfort his disciples on the things that are to come. You see, over the course of the time that Jesus walked with his disciples, he often taught them about the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Jesus would often talk about the kingdom of heaven. And while you, you, you go through the scripture and, and while you find that, that the disciples would, would often uh, discuss amongst themselves, they would even sometimes debate amongst themselves the things that, that Jesus taught, we, we can discern from the scriptures that while there were things that they didn't quite understand and would question about the things of the kingdom, there were some things that they did understand about the kingdom of God. And they understood that because they not only heard Jesus teach on it, but they understood it because they saw Jesus do the works of the kingdom. And so there were some things that they didn't understand about the kingdom of God, but yet there were some things that they did. Amen. Brothers and sisters, there's some things that you and I, as of right now, cannot understand about the kingdom of God. Amen. There's going to be some things you're never going to understand about the kingdom of God until you get there. Amen. But there are some things today, brothers and sisters, that you and I can understand about the kingdom of God. And these are the same things that these men that walked with Jesus understood. You see, the disciples, they, they knew that this would be a place where there's no more sickness. Amen. Amen. They knew there wouldn't be any sickness because they often heard Jesus speak before he would heal the multitudes and he would say, behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. I want to tell somebody this morning in the kingdom of God, there is no more sickness. In the kingdom of God, there is no COVID-19. There are no pandemics. In the kingdom of God, there is no cancer. In the kingdom of God, there's not so much as a head cold. Amen. Sickness will not be in his kingdom. Amen. And based on what Jesus would teach, they knew that that kingdom must be a place where there's no more worry. It must be a place where there's not going to be any more anxiety about the cares of this life. And they knew that because they often heard Jesus say in many things, he would use the term and he would say, fear not. Or he would say, be not troubled. And oftentimes, Jesus would even say that right in the middle of a great trial. How confusing that must have been at times, amen, for them to be right in the middle of a dire situation and for Jesus to appear and say, fear not or don't be troubled. And then there were times that the Bible tells us that Jesus even openly rebuked them for not believing. Amen. Brothers and sisters, let me tell you this morning, in his kingdom, there are no need for drugs, for happy pills, for nerve pills. Amen. In his kingdom, there are no antidepressants. In his kingdom, you don't need that because... There is no such thing as depression. Amen. In that kingdom, the cares of this life no longer exist. Amen. The things that trouble you, the things that occupy your thoughts. Amen. The things that you feel crushed under the weight of in this life. I'm telling you in the name of Jesus this morning, in his kingdom, those things do not exist. Amen. But the Bible says that there is joy unspeakable and full 
of glory. Amen. We may not understand everything about His kingdom, but there are some things by the Word of God that we can this morning. And so they may not have understood everything about the kingdom, but this is what they did know. And brothers and sisters, I pray that this is our thought this morning. Here's what they did know. They knew that wherever Jesus was going, that's where they wanted to be. Amen. My prayer for this church in 2021 is that whatever Jesus is doing, I want to be right in the middle of it. Amen. Whatever Jesus is doing down the road in Brookville, I want to be in the middle of it. Amen. Whatever Jesus is doing up the road in Union County, I want to be in the middle of it. Amen. Whatever Jesus is doing in people's hearts, I want it to be the prayer of this church that we could be right in the middle and that God would use us. Amen. I pray that it would be our desire to see His kingdom in 2021. So they may not have understood everything, but they knew this. They said, Lord, wherever you're going to be, that's where I want to be as well. And as I study this message, as I put these notes together, it occurred to me that not only did Jesus speak to his disciples about the kingdom of heaven, not only did he expound and exemplify the things of the kingdom of heaven, but it dawned on me that three out of the four gospel accounts end in Jesus alluding to or commanding his disciples to go and to tell others about this kingdom. Amen. How many understand this morning that the church is just not some place that we show up and we go home? Amen. But we are a people that have been given a divine mission from God. How many understands that here this morning? Amen. And I pray that if we don't fully have a grasp on that today, I truly pray this morning in the name of the Lord that God would prick our hearts. Amen. That God would bring conviction into our hearts by the end of this message. That we would have an understanding of the mission of God for this church. And so three out of the four gospel accounts end in Jesus commanding them to go and to tell others about this kingdom. And for each of these accounts to end this way, for each of these three of the four gospels to end this way, this tells me that this was the last thing that Jesus wanted them to hear and remember. How many know this morning that typically somebody might be talking to you and, and men are very adept to this. But somebody may be talking to you and you may not be giving them the, the, your, your full attention, but you will remember at least the last few things that they say to you. Especially if your wife or somebody says, were you listening to me? And you say, well, sure I was. And they say, well, then what did I say? The, the, the brains of men are very good. We have like this built-in tape recorder in our brains and we'll record like the last six words. Amen. Can I get an amen from the brothers in the church today? Amen. Amen. Or you can, take, you can take your pastor's route, and you can just tell your wife and be honest, I wasn't listening to you. That's what I do. She says, she'll say, Carl, were you listening? And I'll say, no, babe, I wasn't, but I am now. Amen. But oftentimes, even, even outside of the scope of that, oftentimes God understands that, that we remember the, the last things that people say to us. The last thing that you say to somebody in a parting conversation, you remember those things. Amen. When a loved one leaves this earth, you'll always remember the last conversation. You'll always remember the last things that were said between you and that person. Amen. And God understands that, and He understands that's how we're wired. And that's the reason that you find at the very end of three of the four gospel accounts, Jesus admonishes his believers to go and to tell others about the kingdom of God. Because he wanted them to remember that. 
Amen. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus tells them to go. He says, go and teach and baptize all nations of the things that I have taught you. And he says, and I will be with you. And the gospel of Mark, it records the words of Jesus in chapter 16 and verse 15. Again, the action word, Jesus says, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. And then the account in the book of John is a little less direct. But in chapter 17 and verse 20, Jesus not only prays for his disciples, but the Bible says that he prays for those that would hear them. And then in chapter 21, we find the Lord asking Peter. He asks him three times in, the row, in a row. He says, Peter, do you love me? And by the third time, we find Peter getting a little frustrated because Peter keeps saying, yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. And at the end, he said, Lord, you know I love you. And each time, Jesus said, if you love me, do what? Feed my sheep. Amen. And so if I love the Lord, I have a responsibility every single time I come to this pulpit, amen, to feed you what God has given me. And as Christians, we have a responsibility, amen, to go into the highways and the hedgerows and to find those that are hungry, amen, and teach Bible studies. Hey, brothers and sisters, we got some stuff coming up in 2021. This church is going to be teaching some Bible studies. I'm going to arm you with some Bible studies. I'm going to give you some Bible studies to begin teaching, amen, in your neighborhood, begin teaching in your apartment building, amen, amen. And we're going to be obedient to the word of God. We're going to go, amen, and we're going to sow this word. We're going to feed those that God will bring into our lives. And then there was Acts chapter 1. This is the teaching of Jesus that I believe brings all of the Gospels to a close. Because in the Gospels we have the teachings of Jesus, and Jesus tells us how He wants us to be. Amen. And He gives us His commandments. And He says, this is the way I want you to live, and this is the way I want you to be. But you see, God knows in our flesh we can't do that. Amen. Brother Caden, the Apostle Paul said, in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Amen. We got to understand today, you can't follow God in the flesh. You can't live by the word of God in the flesh. You can't. You can't. Amen. If you don't believe me, go back and read the Old Testament. Israel tried it for years. And you know what happened? Israel was constantly on the mountaintop and God would bless them and then they would get carnal. Amen. And then God would bring them into captivity. Why? Because the law of Moses was a law that you had to try to live by your own will and by your flesh. Amen. And so Jesus did all of this teaching. And he gave all of these commandments. And he said, this is what I want you to do. But it's in the book of Acts that I believe that we bring all of those things to a close. Because we find in the book of Acts where Jesus gives them the power to do everything that he wanted them to do. Amen. You hear me this morning, and I pray that somebody hears me out there. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is not optional. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And you hear me this morning, you not only need the baptism of the Holy Ghost for salvation, you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost so that God can work through you. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost so that you can live by the Word of God, so that you can have the desires that God wants you to have, and so that you can walk in the ways that God wants you to walk. You need the Holy Ghost to give you the power to do that. And so prior to the book of Acts, we find that Jesus taught him about the gospel of the kingdom. And then through mighty signs and wonders, he showed them what the kingdom was going to look like. And then he said, now you go. You go and you teach people about the kingdom. Hey, I want to tell somebody this morning, if you've got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, then the kingdom goes everywhere you go. Let me try that again. If you got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, don't you tell somebody I'm going to put you on a prayer list at church. If somebody needs prayer, you lay hands on them and you pray right there. Because if you've got the Holy Ghost, wherever the kingdom of God is in you is with you and wherever you go is where it's at. Oh God help me. Sister Lisa.
you got to help me this morning. <laughs> but right before, right before Jesus was taken up, right before he ascended, he told his disciples, he said, here's the power that you're going to receive that's going to allow you to do all of this. Everything I've taught you, here's the power. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he said this. He said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Jesus was talking about what was going to happen in Acts chapter 2. He was talking about what was going to happen on the day of Pentecost at the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. He said, after the Holy Ghost comes upon you, he said, all of a sudden, you're going to have power. And you're going to have power to do what? He said, you're going to have power to be a witness unto me all over the world. You want to know why our foreign missionaries, amen, we support foreign missionaries in this church. You want to know why they can go into foreign lands and people get the Holy Ghost and people learn about Jesus and salvation comes to nations that's never heard about God? You want to know why? Because everywhere those missionaries went, the kingdom of God went with them. Amen. Everywhere those missionaries went, the Holy Ghost went with them. Everywhere the missionaries went, amen, there was healing in the bodies, there was healing in the minds, there was the casting out of devils. Amen. Because everywhere we go, if you got the Holy Ghost, the kingdom goes with you. And so Jesus was letting them know before he left, he said, I have taught you about my kingdom and I've shown you by example how my kingdom operates. But here's what he said, and this is what we got to get a hold of this morning. He said, but this kingdom, he said, it's not exclusively for you. Amen. We've come into this house this morning and we've worshipped God. We've worshipped Him in word. We've worshipped Him in song. Brother Carl did a fantastic job leading us in worship this morning. Always anointed and we're always blessed. And so we've come in here and we've sang to the Lord and we've worshipped the Lord. And no doubt, absolutely no doubt in this church our doctrine is true. And no doubt in this church, everything I'll preach from this pulpit comes straight from the pages of your Bible. And no doubt there are many of us, and there should be all of us in this church, amen, that has fallen in love with this wonderful truth. But brothers and sisters, please hear me this morning. If that's as far as we go, then you and I in this church, we have missed the purpose of it all. Amen. Because we can come into this place and we can say, oh, I've got to hold on truth. Hey, man, I know what it takes to be saved. I know you've got to be born again of the water and the Spirit. I've memorized Acts 2.38. Hey, man, I know all about holiness. Hey, man, and so I can just come to church and as long as I attend church on Sundays and on Tuesdays, hey, man, I can just skate on into heaven. But brothers and sisters, that's not what Jesus told his disciples to do. That was not the commandment before he left. You see, you may have a hold of the truth, amen, but I want somebody to understand this morning the truth doesn't belong to you, nor was the truth given to you just to take and to bury in the ground or sit on a church pew until Jesus comes. We can read the parable of the talents. How many is familiar with that this morning? The Bible says to, to one man, Jesus gave five, and to one he gave two, and to one he gave one. And he said, I'm going away, and when I come back, I want to see that you have that and more. He said, I want you to take what I've given you and multiply it. Now, if you don't think that winning souls and working for the kingdom is part of salvation, then we just need to listen to this parable. Because when, when the master came back, and it's talking about the return of Jesus. He goes to the man with the five and he says, what have you done with what I've given you? He said, I took the five and I went out and I gained five more. And God's response to him was, well done, thou good and faithful servant, come on in. And then he goes to the man with the two talents and he said, I gave you two talents. What did you do with them while I was gone? He said, I took the two and I went out, he said, and I made two more. Amen. And Jesus' response to him was the same. He said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Come on in. 
But then there was that man. There was that man that sat on the church pew and he said, well, I can't play the guitar. And I'm not a very good singer. And I'm not a Sunday school teacher. And I'm not a preacher. I'm afraid to talk in front of people. So you know what? I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. And so the Lord comes back and he said, I gave to you one talent. What have you done with it? And he said, well, I perceived that you were a hard man. He said, and so I took what you gave me and I went and I buried it. That way when you came back, I would be able to give it back to you. And we find that the Lord's response was different to that man. He didn't say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He said, you are a lazy and unprofitable servant. He used the word slothful, but that's what it means. And then he said, take from him that has the one and give to him that had the ten. And then he told them, he said, take that man that only had one, and he said, bind him and cast him into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Brothers and sisters, hey, you, you want to you believe this morning that God is serious about winning souls? You want to believe this morning that God is serious about us taking this Holy Ghost and taking this wonderful truth out of the highways and the hedgerows and compelling them that they should come in? Yes, God is very serious about that. Everybody have a good New Year? Did anybody party as hard as what we did? Oh man, we, uh, we partied. We partied on the couch. Me and Jenny and our, our, our Shih Tzu Chuck. And uh, the, the, the biggest challenge of New Year's was can we keep our eyes open long enough to watch the ball drop? <laughs> How many people after midnight went like this? Made it past 2020. <laughs> well, I don't have to tell you this morning, and I probably don't need to remind you that, yes, we're out of 2020, but all of the problems that we were facing in 2020, we're still facing in 2021. I don't need to remind anybody this morning that we are truly in this country and in this world, we are living in desperate times. Amen. Or we are living as, as what the Apostle Paul described to Timothy. Amen. We are living in perilous times. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we are living in an, in an Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20 world. Amen. Amen. If I can have that scripture on the screen, this is what Isaiah 5 and verse 20 says. The prophet said, Woe to those that call evil good in good evil. Who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. Who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Amen. How many would testify this morning that is the hour that we're living in. Amen. Where people are calling darkness light and calling light darkness. Amen. People are calling things that are evil good and they're calling things that are good evil. Amen. Amen. That's the hour we're living in. We're living in an hour right now where strong opinion means more than the lives of people. Who would have ever thought that we'd be living, amen, in the United States, in a country where we would celebrate the murdering of babies? Come on, somebody. We're living in a time right now where truth, truth, and even reality is relative to whatever you want it to be. I can magically change genders if I want to. I can magically turn myself into a pony if I want to. And if you tell me that that's not right, then, then you're hateful. You're, I don't know, whatever, however many different names that they call people these days. But we're living in a, in a time today where truth really doesn't matter. Truth is relative. Amen. If it's my truth, then it's truth, and, and you can't say anything about it. Brothers and sisters, we are living in perilous times today. So it's time for us. It's time for us to wake up. It's time for the church to wake up. Hey, man, we need to understand this morning we don't have a, a gender problem. 
We don't have a, pol a politics problem. We don't have a racial problem. We don't have a Republican and Democrat problem. We got a heart problem in the United States. Amen. Because if people's hearts were right with God, we wouldn't have any of these issues. We wouldn't have any of this confusion. Amen. You want to know why people are confused about gender and people are confused about all of these things? Because the Bible says that Satan is the prince and God of this world. And everywhere he goes and as he gets stronger, amen, as the time grows near to his destruction, you're going to see more confusion. You're going to see more chaos in the world today. But what we're seeing right now is the fulfillment of what Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 12. He said this, he said, Because iniquity shall abound, he said, the love of many will wax cold. Amen. Because iniquity, that word iniquity, it means wickedness. It means to be grossly immoral. It means rebellion. Amen. How many would testify this morning? That's everything that's going on in our country right now. Amen. And Jesus said, as iniquity gets stronger, He said, as the gross immorality in our country becomes more prevalent, He said, the love of many is going to wax cold. Amen. I can't believe some of the things I see on media today where people seemingly don't care about one another. And caught right smack dab in the middle of all of this mess, is our wonderful country. How many people love this country this morning? I love this country. I truly do. I believe that you can be a Christian and I believe you can be patriotic all at the same time so long as your patriotism doesn't trump your Christianity. But caught in the middle of all of this mess is a lot of people just trying to find their way out. But the problem, Brother Carl, is that they're looking in all of the wrong places. Amen. There's people looking for peace this morning, Sister Sharon. Amen. But they're looking in places that can't ever give them peace. Amen. There's people that are looking for peace in a needle or in a crack pipe. There's people that's looking for peace in the bottom of a bottle. There's people that's looking for peace as they go through one boyfriend after the other and one girlfriend after the other and they say to themselves, they say, oh, this next man or this next woman that I'm going to date, oh, that's going to be the one that's finally going to complete me. But you hear this preacher this morning, hey man, there's not a man or woman alive that is ever going to be able to complete you because it doesn't matter how many men you date and how many women you date, hey man, until you get a hold of Jesus, there's always going to be a void in your life. So there's a reason that there's an alcohol problem in our country. There's a reason there's a drug problem in our country. There's a reason that the amount of children born out of wedlock in our country is over 40%. Because people are looking for answers where there are no answers. Well, brothers and sisters, I've come to remind us this morning, in our first service of 2021, I've come to remind us, hey man, because I know that there were a lot of distractions in 2020. Hey man, and, and, and I can tell you, I don't know if you felt this way, but as the pastor of this church, I felt that there were times in 2020, hey man, spiritually, that somebody just reached down and pulled the emergency brake and we seemed to come to a complete stop. Hey man, but I've come to tell somebody in this first service of 2021 that the church is still in the real estate business. When the Lord gave me this message, I'll never forget now, I have preached this message before, but this is what I felt to bring this morning. But I remember, and I can honestly tell you that I've probably only ever had one dream from God, and I can probably tell you that I've only ever had one vision from the Lord. I would love to be more spiritual. But the Lord gave me a vision one time. When I was preparing these notes and I began to think on this and God gave me a vision and in this vision afar off and I was, I was up above and I was looking down. Hey man, and all I could see was this one road and along both sides of the road, both sides of the street, there was just a line of mansions just lined up. Hey man, and I was afar off and I was looking at these mansions and, and, and slowly I was coming in closer to these mansions. 
And I was looking at these mansions and they were big and they were beautiful and there was a lot of rooms and, and, and I couldn't tell exactly what they were made of, but they looked to be made out of some sort of very white and precious stone. Hey Amen. And, and from afar, I was admiring these mansions and how beautiful they were. But Sister Joyce, as I started to get closer and things started to come into focus, I began to notice some things about these mansions. I begin to notice, has anybody ever seen a house where some people moved out? And maybe people lived there for years, and, and, but after people moved out, and I'm not talking about any kind of storms or natural disasters, but over the course of time, the gutter falls off. And over the course of time, the, the paint seems to start peeling. They lived there 20 years, and the paint was fine, but after they moved out, things began to fall apart. Things begin to run down. And as the Lord brought me into focus on these mansions, I began to see that although they looked beautiful from afar, as I, as I got closer to them, I could tell, hey man, that they looked very unkept. I, I began to see that there were stains on that beautiful stone, whatever it was, and things in the landscaping just seemed to be overgrown and unkept. And I could see all of the windows Hey man, and it looked like that there were things that were chipping off these buildings. Hey man, and I noticed in each mansion that there were many windows and many rooms, but I noticed in every mansion they had one thing in common, and that was that every single one of them had only one door. And I began to think in my mind, what am I looking at? Because from afar, everything looked beautiful. But as I came into focus, I began to see that everything wasn't what it seems. I began to think to myself, what is it that I'm looking at? And it was in that moment the Lord spoke to me. And the Lord said, These are the mansions. These are the mansions that I prepared. For the ones that were never told. These were the mansions that I prepared for the ones that never heard about me. These are the mansions, he said, I prepared for those that once walked with me. For those that were born again. For, one, for those that, that love this truth. He said, these are the mansions that I've prepared for them. Amen. But they're never going to be inhabited. These are the mansions that I prepared for those that I sent you to go and tell. Amen. And you never went and told them. These are the mansions that I've prepared for those whom I've opened those doors to you and you refuse to go through the door. These are the empty mansions in heaven, he said. And I got to tell you, I was... Pretty convicted. I remember that particular service, weeping and crying at the altar, and asking God to forgive me for the doors that He opened and the opportunities He gave me that I didn't walk through. The opportunities He gave me to tell somebody, invite somebody to church, to tell somebody about the gospel. Amen. And I, I maybe I just didn't feel like it. Maybe at that particular moment, it was just an inconvenience to me. <laughs> but I'm praying in 2021. I'm praying for something I desperately need. And I'll tell you what that is. You see, I've come to a place, brothers and sisters, where I don't want to do ministry just because I feel called to ministry because that is a very unfulfilled place. I, I don't want to pastor this church just because I feel like this is where God wants me to be. I don't want to be a preacher just because I feel like there's a calling on my life. But I've come to a place where I realize that my passion for this truth, it must drive an unbridled passion for the lost. You want to know how to get there? I'll tell you this morning. It must begin when I take my focus off my kingdom and put it on His. Let me say that again. It must begin when I take my focus off of my kingdom 
You see, sometimes we get really wrapped up in our kingdom. But nothing's going to change for His kingdom until we get our eyes off of our kingdom and get it on His. You hear me this morning. I've come to a place where I realize. How many understands this morning that God will bring us to some hard truths sometimes? Amen. But it is truth nonetheless. And when God brings you to that revelation, you have a responsibility to respond and figure out what you're going to do with it. And God has brought me to a place where I realize that I love people, but I don't love them enough. I don't love them like he does. Being honest with you this morning. Come to a place where I realize I want to reach the lost and I want to reach the hurting, but not enough. Not like he does. Now I preached to you last Sunday about the value of being honest with God. And so I'm just being honest before God and before you this morning. I've come to a place today where I realize that my burden must be his burden and I'm not there yet. But Brother Caden, the first part of the first step to moving forward with God is understanding where you are. Amen. When God shows you where you are, you come to that understanding and you accept that understanding. Oh, and if God rebukes you for where you are, you take that rebuke and you repent. And then you ask God to help you be where you're supposed to be. Brothers and sisters, that's where I am right now. Amen. I want God to burden my heart. I want God to give me the burden that I need to have. That I can love people like He loves people. Oh, that I can get my mind and my eyes off of my selfishness and my inwardness. Hey, Amen. That I could stop exalting my kingdom and begin exalting His. That's where I need to be. And quite frankly, this morning, that's where you need to be. And that's where this church needs to be. In 2021, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm winding down this morning. Thank God we're through 2020. Can I get a witness? But in 2021, you hear me this morning. In 2021, we are at a crossroads, both as Christians and the church. We are at a crossroads. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Jesus said, He said, Seek ye first. Everybody say first. First. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven. So you say, Pastor, what are the crossroads that we're at right now? Here's the crossroads that you're at right now. If you will accept this truth and let the Holy Ghost speak to you, I'm telling you right now, here is where you are. This is your crossroads. Whose kingdom comes first? Yours or His? Mine or His? Seems like an easy answer. Seems like an easy answer. Because we like to think that we're about the kingdom. We like to think we're about winning souls when it's easy. Winning souls when we can invite somebody to church and they show up. We like to think that we're about His kingdom, brothers and sisters, until it's not convenient for us. We're about the kingdom until it means that our precious schedules are going to get thrown off because we've become inconvenienced by somebody else's need. Oh, don't get in my way. I'm trying to live for God. We like to say we're about the kingdom until it means giving what you may not have to give. And I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about time, energy, we like to say that we're about the kingdom until it comes to sacrifice. We need to understand something this morning, brothers and sisters. 
If it's easy for you to give, it's not a sacrifice. Can I get a witness this morning? If it's easy for you to give to God, it is not a sacrifice. Amen. You want to know what a sacrifice is? A sacrifice is when you've had a really hard and busy week, but something needs fixed at the church, and so you dedicate the time, amen, and the energy that you really don't have to come up and work at the church. It's when you've only got $5 to your name, and the Holy Ghost tells you to put that 5 bucks in the plate, and you don't know what's going to get you through, but you're just trusting God for it. It's when you have your own set schedule of doing things and something comes along and somebody has a need outside of your schedule and it throws you all off. That's a sacrifice. Let me tell you something this morning, and this isn't in my notes, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Let me tell you the greatest, the greatest handicap, and I've preached on this before and I'm going to preach on it again. The greatest handicap in the body of Christ right now is no vision. A loss or lack of spiritual vision. Because as Christians, brothers and sisters, and every one of us, every one of us fall into this snare. There are times that the only thing you can see is what is right in front of you. you can, listen, how many understands this morning that God sees through a bigger picture? Amen. He's the only one that sees the end from the beginning. But God gives us the opportunity and he gives us a view of a bigger picture if we're willing to look at it. But you see, too often, all we do is react to what is right in front of us. Amen. And if we're honest with ourselves this morning, many of us here this morning would say we overreact to things. You want to know why you overreact to things that are an inconvenience? Because you don't understand the bigger picture. God, help us in 2021 to have a bigger view of things. Amen. To understand that there is no sacrifice that God does not see. There's no sacrifice that doesn't go unrewarded. You're never going to give more to God than He's going to give back to you. He will not allow it. And so if we're really about His kingdom, then let's be about His kingdom. Oh, come on, somebody, let me try that again. If we are really about His kingdom, then brothers and sisters, let's make up our mind. We're just going to be about His kingdom, and we're just going to trust God, and we're going to believe God. Even, even when His kingdom gets in the way of ours. How many... How many likes to go home after morning service and lunch and have a nap? Yeah? What if God brought somebody in this church that needed a Bible study taught this afternoon and it meant you didn't get your nap? Now, I, I, would, I agree with you. I would hope, and this is why I hope that every one of us here this morning would be like, that's glory to God. Glory to God. But there might be some of us, and I pray not, but there might be some of us that would be a little upset that we couldn't schedule that Bible study around my nap or around lunch or around whatever, around we were going to go visit somebody maybe. I don't know. But you know what that is? When we get that rotten spirit in us, it's because it's about our kingdom. That's right, Brother Carl. It's about our kingdom. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 21, Jesus said this. He said, not everyone, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. He said, but he that doeth the what? The will of my Father who is in heaven. What is the will of God? What is the will of God? 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Peter said, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. Watch this. Not willing that any, any should perish, 
but that all should come to repentance. Those words, any and all, those are all inclusive. What is the will of God? The will of God is that nobody go to hell. The will of God is that nobody perish, but that everybody comes to repentance. You want to know what the will of God is? Here it is. Jesus gave it to us in Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. He said, here's the will of God. For the Son of Man is come to seek. Hey, man, to seek, that means you're going to get it, have to get out and do something. Hey, man, it's, it's come to seek and to save that which is lost. And so I ask you again, what is the will of God? The will of God is that I may be used. The will of God is that you may be used to fill those empty mansions in heaven. And somebody said, Amen. God's will is that I can come to a place and you can come to a place where I am more driven by His desire than I'm driven by mine. I see people get excited about a lot of things. People excited about stimulus checks. You know what I... <laughs> you know, I, I hate the term... Free money, because it's a lie, and money ain't free. <laughs> Thank you, Sister Sharon. The money ain't free. I'm paying for it. <laughs> Amen. People get excited about a lot of things, and then they don't get excited about the things of God. People get excited about buying a new car. They get excited about, I got to buy a new grill. The wind caught mine the other day. I'll have to show you some pictures at a church. Caught mine the other day, blew my grill, and I got a big grill. Blew my grill about nine feet across my back porch and off the end of the porch and just killed it. The good news is that grill is probably a decade old. I needed a new one anyway. And so now I'm negotiating with, with the other occupant. When I do buy a grill, I promise you I'll be excited about it. But if I needed to come and baptize somebody on the day I'm supposed to get my grill, you better believe I'm going to be baptizing somebody and the grill's just going to have to wait because it ain't about my kingdom. Hmm. Brothers and sisters, we are at a crossroads in 2021. I'll be very honest with you. I don't really know how much time we got left. I see the prophecies of the Bible unfolding like I have never seen them. Amen. Watch all of these peace treaties that are being signed in the Middle East. That is all in your Bible. Wait until Palestine comes to the table. Oh boy, I'm going to have a message to preach after that happens. <laughs> but I want us to understand this morning that there is still a lot of prime real estate left in glory. Amen. Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. There is still a lot of prime real estate left in glory. Brothers and sisters, there are still a lot of mansions. Amen. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. I'm telling you, there's still a lot of empty rooms. There's still a lot of empty mansions. There's still a lot of prime real estate in glory. And there's some people that are never going to get there unless God can use you and I to get them there. I'm closing this morning. Brother Carl, would you come? <clears throat> Play this morning whatever the Lord lays on your heart. As I'm closing this morning, <clears throat> Jesus made it very clear to his disciples before he left. He said, I have given you the truth but the truth don't belong to you. I've given you the truth, but it's not yours to hold on to. I've shown you the way, but the way is not only for you. I've given you the gospel. I've given you the gospel of peace. I've given you the gospel of hope. I've given you the gospel of joy. But you hear me this morning. He said, we don't own it. Brothers and sisters, we don't own the truth. 
Praise God we have the truth. Hey man, but it was not given to us to just hold on to and do nothing with. We have got to give it to others. We sat here this morning, brothers and sisters, and we are full of truth and full of the Holy Ghost, but none of it belongs to us. And like I said this morning to some of us, he's given five talents. Hey man, I look to this man to my left and I see a man that, is, that God has blessed with great amounts of talent to play and sing. Hey man, I don't have the talent that Brother Carl has, but praise God that he does and that he uses it. Hey man, and I would pray that whatever God gives us, wherever we could fit, that God would show us and that it would be our heart's desire to labor for him. And so whether he's given you five talents, whether you can play or whether you can sing, whether you can teach or whatever, I'm telling you, there's something that you can do for God. Hey man, God has given a talent. He has given something to all of us. But we got to remember, he didn't give it to us to hide it from the world. Amen. The truth just isn't for us. The truth just isn't to be preached within the four walls of this church. I thank God for everybody here this morning that's been born again of the water and the spirit. Amen. You've got your mansion. Praise God. I hope you keep it. Amen. I hope to be able to move in right across the street from you in glory. Amen. That's all fine and good. I'm glad that you got that. But now I pray that God would lay it upon your heart. Amen. To lead somebody else to the mansion that Jesus has gone and prepared for them. Because here's the bottom line, brothers and sisters, here's the truth. Without me, without you, without us, some of those mansions may never be filled. When the Lord gave me that vision, he said, these are the mansions. Hey, man, as, as, as I got closer and I could see that some of them were ran down and they weren't lived in, he said, these were the places that I went and I prepared. These, these were the mansions that I made for those that you never went and told. Those you were afraid of offending with the truth. Those doors that I opened for you that you never walked through. Hey, man, when you wouldn't talk to your loved ones, when you wouldn't talk to your children. Hey, man, when you it wouldn't be a witness on Facebook about me, amen, but you would post everything else. He said, these are the mansions that I created that nobody's ever going to inhabit. Amen. Because brothers and sisters, there are some people that God, God wants to use you for to get into this church. There's some people, amen, there's some mansions, you hear me this morning, that's going to be lived in because God used you to bring them to the truth. Oh, God used this church. So I'm closing this morning, and as I close, I'm going to ask Brother Carl to sing for us. But maybe you're here this morning, and maybe you're not even sure. Maybe you're sitting here, and you're like, you're talking about a mansion, Pastor. I'm not even sure if I have a mansion. I'm not even sure if I'm born again. Amen. Amen. I'm not even sure if I'm going to make it. If Jesus came today, amen, would I be left behind? If God took me out of this world today, would I close my eyes to this world and open my eyes to glory? Amen. Or would it be a horror that my mind cannot conceive? If you don't know this morning whether or not you're born again, I've come to tell you this morning, Jesus said it this way. He said, unless a man is born again of both the water and the spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you want to know what it takes to be born again, you've got to repent. You've got to obey Acts 2.38. You've got to repent. You've got to ask God to forgive you. You've got to confess your sins before the Lord. You've got to turn away from your old life. You've got to turn away from being the God and the Lord in your life and saying, Jesus, I want you to be God. I want you to be Lord. I want you to follow. I want to follow after you. 
And then you need to go down and water and you need to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus for there is no other name under heaven given amongst men whereby we must be saved. Hey man, Acts 2.38 says you must be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, for the washing away of your sins. You say, well, I was baptized. I was baptized in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's fine, but that's not what's in the book. I'm glad, I'm glad that you were baptized. But you need to be baptized in Jesus' name because that's the only way they did it in the Bible. And then you need, to, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. You don't get the Holy Ghost just by confession. You don't get the Holy Ghost by saying a sinner's prayer. Amen. Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 shows us. Amen. That when a person is filled, when a person is baptized in the Holy Ghost, God gives the utterance of speaking in tongues as an evidential sign of the receiving of the Holy Ghost. Look at Acts chapter 2, look at Acts chapter 8, look at Acts chapter 10, look at Acts chapter 19. You'll see it over and over again. That's how you're born again of the water and the Spirit. Brothers and sisters, in 2021, we're going to be teaching Bible studies out of this church. I've, I've got a stack of Bible studies at my house that I bought we're going to be training on how to teach Bible studies. We're going to give Bible studies. We're going to reach as many people as we can reach. We're going to see them come through this door. Amen. In the midst of everything that's going on, the gospel has to go forward. Amen. We're going to rip this old baptistry out. We're going to have a nice place here. We're going to put in a baptismal tank. Amen. We're going to start baptizing people in our sanctuary in the name of Jesus. I thank God for First Church of Connersville and those wonderful people and their great pastor. Amen. I thank God. But we need to be baptizing people in our church. Amen. We need to see people coming to this altar and getting filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need to see this altar wet with the tears of people that are praying for lost loved ones. People that God has given a burden for this community. The tears for, 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 from people that God has given a burden for liberty. Hey, man, we need to have that in this coming year. I wonder if somebody would join me this morning in praying this morning. Hey, man, that God would give you a greater burden. Hey, man, that God would use this church. Hey, man. Oh, I wonder if somebody would pray this morning as, 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 as we open this altar. I wonder if somebody would pray this morning and say, God, help me that it would be about your kingdom and not about mine. Oh, God, forgive me, Lord, for the things that I've made it. Forgive me, God, that I have made it about my kingdom. I wonder this morning if somebody would just surrender their will to his and make it about the kingdom of God this morning. This altar's open. I'm done. I've said all I have to say this morning. Brother Carl, would you sing? And would you pray this morning and ask God to give you a burden and ask God to work in your heart this morning in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. shed his blood for you and me. And Jesus, he said he was coming back. Oh, yes, he's coming back out of the Are you got it?
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Oh, help us today, God. Help us today. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. In the name of Jesus this morning, God. Oh, I pray. I pray, oh God, for every empty mansion. Oh, God, I pray, Lord, let this church, God, let this church be the doorway, I pray. Oh, God, that we could fill those mansions, Lord. God, I pray over every member of this church, God, that there would be a renewed zeal, God, and a renewed passion in this year. Lord, that we would be the doorway. Oh, God, that we would be the catalyst, God, I pray. Lord, use us, God, I pray in this church, Lord, to reach the lost. God, let this word go forward, I pray, in whatever door that you would open, God, online or on our podcast. But I pray for this community. God, give us a heart for your kingdom, and I pray in this year, give us a greater vision, Lord. Help us to see beyond ourselves, God. Help us to see a bigger picture, God, and I pray, Lord, that you would burden the heart of this church, God, like we have never had a burden before. Father, we thank you today. Thank you for your word. I thank you, church, for your response to the word this morning. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. I pray that we have kingdom priorities in 2021. Yes, you can buy a new car and you can get a new grill and you can go on vacation and you can do all of those things. But God, help us today that we never get more excited about our kingdom than we do His. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed this morning. In Jesus' name.